Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What is going on, everybody? Jason right here with another episode of the podcast. We are at episode number 173. 173. Today's show is uh, brought to you by Funnel Building for Profit. So if you've ever wondered how you can make more money online in a red-hot industry helping out other entrepreneurs and small businesses, this may be exactly what you've been looking for. Check it out www.funnelbuildingforprofit.com Well, just like the last couple of weeks, um, this week I've got a um, another fantastic guest, so I'm excited about that. Tons of value. Um, this guest has got some knowledge that uh, really the previous guests haven't, so it's uh, pretty cool stuff. And again, I have no brandy. My co-host is not with me. Missing in action, but we are talking regularly, so she will be back, I promise. So let's jump into this conversation. Um, a little bit longer episode today, but definitely worth every minute. I enjoyed it. The guest enjoyed it. I know you will as well. What is going on, everybody? Jason right here with another amazing guest interview today. Today, I'll be talking to Bailey Richard. Let me tell you what I know about Bailey. She's an award-winning coach for infopreneurs. She is a ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club award winner, which is freaking awesome. And she's a TEDx speaker as well. Bailey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. No problem at all. So I know the answer to this question a little bit for some of my audience that may not. Tell us just a little bit about how you got started into entrepreneurship. Sure. Well, I think like most of your listening audience probably also started out, they were kind of taught that there's a sort of American dream, if you will, that we're supposed to all go to school, do as well as we can, pursue a career, and then eventually retire, you know, with our 401ks when we're 67 or whatever the age is now. And I was taught a similar thing, and I believed that for a long time. So I studied hard. I was high school valedictorian, went to school for engineering, and eventually wound up working as an environmental engineering consultant out in California for many years. But around the age of 25, I had a literal quarter life crisis. And um, it's exactly what it sounds like, basically a, you know, a midlife crisis that you, you think people might have when they're 40 or 45, I was having at 25, and just basically starting to realize that the path that I was on wasn't what I wanted for the rest of my life. So I started to think about what other opportunities were out there. Now, admittedly, I always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, but uh, I decided that I really wanted to start pursuing business more seriously because I thought that that was the only way that I was going to be able to accomplish the things that I really wanted. I really wanted to be able to travel more, to earn a bit more money, to see my family more because they were living on the opposite side of the country than me at the time, to dedicate more time to my philanthropic work. And so that's really what kickstarted it all was around that time. And so I decided that uh, I would start learning more about business. And I did start working in the online world while I was still at my nine to five, but eventually realized that I needed a little bit more time freedom. I needed some more education if I was really going to go all in and do this. So I ended up leaving my job and enrolling at MIT to uh, study entrepreneurship amongst other things while I was there for grad school for two years and build my business. 
And my goal was that when I graduated, I would be fully self-employed and I was. So a few years later, here I am. Awesome. Now, I love this part. I'm always curious when you kind of made that decision, like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna mix things up and go out. Did you have support from you know, close family, friends? Did people think you were crazy or were they like, go for it? Oh, I am so incredibly blessed to have very supportive parents, close family members and friends. And so they would have supported me no matter what, first of all. But I think also they saw the struggles that I was going through around this quarter life crisis. I know I keep saying that, but I really, it's difficult for me to even explain how intense it was. There was a lot of um, anxiety. There were panic attacks. There were some very visceral reactions. You know, I was living in California and my family is all based in Pittsburgh where I live currently. And I was calling my parents at three o'clock in the morning, you know, California time and trying to talk to them about what I was going through. And so they actually saw firsthand. So when I told them that I wanted to make this change, they weren't surprised. I think some people may have even been relieved. And they, they know the kind of person that I am. I, it's all calculated risk, right? I didn't just say, I'm going to leave my nine to five and then jump into a business that hasn't even been started yet. I said, I'm going to leave my nine to five so that I can get a graduate degree at MIT. <laughs> my mother was very pleased. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Right. So, you know, I did it in a way that uh, was definitely uh, safer. Now, I do want to point out to the listening audience, I try to say this every time I talk about my grad school experience. I did not pay for grad school because MIT is a research university. My entire education was paid for, and my grad school education was paid for, and I was also receiving a stipend because I was a researcher at school. So I don't want to encourage anybody to think that in order to be successful in business, you have to go into $100,000 worth of school debt to get some sort of MBA. I don't even have an MBA. I actually was studying in the engineering department, engineering systems department. So um, I just want to make that clear that there are many different paths to entrepreneurship, but you should be very smart about them and choose the one that works best for you. I'm really glad you just said that because I think there's so many people that still are forced to subscribe to that old way of thinking. You and I were raised similarly in that fashion that, hey, here's your option, education, education, education. And uh, man, I'm just glad, glad you said that. So excellent. I agree. Well, some of the people listening might be kind of hung up on the intro where I said that you... Uh, or a coach for infopreneurs. I know what that is, but can you just break that down what that means? Sure. So an infopreneur is a person usually with a personal brand, not always, but most often, where they're leveraging their own life experience, knowledge, and passions to create and sell information, products, and services. So eBooks, online courses, masterminds, coaching. So an infopreneur is an author, a course creator, a coach, a consultant, a speaker, you know, anybody that has the, that kind of expert business. And how I got into all of this was, you know, back when I was working my nine to five and I said I wanted to start taking business seriously, I really decided that I had to choose a business model that was ultimately going to serve my lifestyle freedom goals, if you will. And I knew that it was going to be some form of online business, but I wasn't exactly sure what. I didn't know what infopreneurship was. And so I didn't even call it that at the time, but um, I really enjoy writing and I think I'm a good writer. So I said, I'm going to write books. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to be an author, a nonfiction author. And a lot of people don't know that actually before I got into coaching, because you can't, you can't just start off as a coach. You have to you know, earn your credibility somewhere. I actually had an infopreneur business in the travel niche. 
So I've been to over 30 something countries and I did two study abroads in college and lots of travel for different reasons. And I was always kind of known amongst my friends and family as, you know, the travel expert. So people were always coming to me and asking me about passports and visas and all this sort of stuff. I was one of like three people that studied abroad in my entire university uh, the year that I went. So, I mean, I really caught that sort of like wave very early. And so um, I got to kind of be at the forefront of educating people about that, especially in the college sphere. That's kind of where I got my start because I had so many connections with other universities and things. I was working with a lot of college students. I wasn't like one of those, you know, Instagram travel bloggers. I don't, back then Instagram wasn't even a thing. I was, um, I was writing books and then doing online courses and also presenting uh, about how to travel abroad. So it was things like passports and visas and vaccinations and things like that. And I ran that business successfully for a few years and then eventually decided to move into coaching because so many people just started coming out of the blue and asking me things about online business. How did you self-publish that book? How are you making money with these courses? How are you building this brand? And originally it was friends and family, but then it was acquaintances and then strangers on the internet. And as you do, you know, you type up these canned email responses, I mean, essentially blog posts, right? And it was like, anytime somebody asked me about something, I would just like copy and paste and say, okay, here you go. This is the answer. And I said, all right, this is ridiculous. I need to turn this into a book. I need to start putting this out on, into the world. And that's what I did. So for a very limited period of time, I was sort of running two businesses. I was doing the travel thing and then trying to educate people about online business. My first course in that niche was actually on self-publishing books on Amazon. I don't have that course anymore. My opinion about self-publishing has changed a lot, but um, eventually I decided that I needed to make a decision. And uh, I, for various reasons, we, we could go into if you wanted, I made the decision that I was going to go full-time into being a coach and really work on building that that brand as my personal brand. I still own the travel business actually, but it is on the back burner. I haven't paid too much attention to it lately because all of my focus has gone into growing my coaching business over the past several years. And that's just exploded for numerous reasons. My work with Russell Brunson and a couple other things. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. Very nice. Very nice. Well, one thing that I'm sure the listeners will check out since I'm mentioning it and they probably would anyway, but like your brand, the way it presents is uh, so clean. So, so much attention to detail with, um, no problem at all with your funnels, with your, your website, with everything that you do online. So when you kind of think back to where things started to really take off for you, how has marketing allowed your business to grow? How's that uniquely worked for you? Well, one of the things that I'm kind of known for now, even though my business is about helping people become infopreneurs, one of the pillars of that is uh, virtual summits. And that's a marketing technique that I'm a huge proponent of, especially for beginners that are getting started that don't necessarily have such a huge marketing budget. It was around the, my first full year being a coach, really, I guess, that I decided that I wanted to do a virtual summit as a way to leverage the audiences that other peers in my uh, niche had already built up in order to grow my business more quickly. Essentially, that's what doing affiliate partnerships and JV partnerships and things is all about. And that's, that's what a, a virtual summit is. So I decided to go ahead and pursue that. Basically, a virtual summit, for those that don't know, is like an online conference where you just bring together a whole bunch of peers in your niche and you interview them and you, you broadcast those interviews live online. And uh, that really kickstarted a lot of things for me because I decided to start teaching my methods for how to launch a virtual summit in 90 days after that. I do an annual summit myself, and so I continue to grow my business through it, but then people started to pick up on my virtual summit methods, and I've gotten a lot of 
attention from some other big name influencers, like I mentioned, like Russell Brunson and others who have either hired me for the services or kind of shined a spotlight on me and said, this girl really knows what she's talking about when it comes to summits and info products specifically. And so that's been really huge in helping my business um, grow and explode over the past couple of years. You're going to get a, a laugh out of this. Um, recently, Russell responded to something I said to him on LinkedIn, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. What did it feel like when he reached out to you to work with him? Was that nuts? So actually, Russell didn't reach out to me. Russell hired me, but I reached out to him. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So the way that it worked was I've been, so ClickFunnels, the software that, that Russell Brunson has co-created uh, with Todd Dickerson is, um, is something that it came out in 2014 and it's something that I've been using since 2015. So I was an early adopter and I've been with the platform now for years and I know it inside and out and I'm totally in love with it. I think it's fantastic. So I went to their conference called Funnel Hacking Live in 2018, which was in Orlando, Florida. And I had already known the woman who at the time was the VP of marketing, her name was Julie Soyen. And I knew her because she was on my summit, my infopreneur summit two years before she was on two years in a row in 2007, 16, 17, 17, 18, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was literally sitting in the audience and I knew because I follow Russell and all of his work and I keep tabs on the ClickFunnels community. I knew that they had like at the time, you know, tens of thousands of users. Now they have even more. But I was thinking to myself, you know, there's only what, 3,000 people in this room? This is crazy. You know, every, every person should be here in this room listening to this. But I, but I know for logistical reasons, that's not feasible. So I literally emailed Julie while I was at the conference. And then I ran into her the next day to confirm about the project. I said, let me do a summit for ClickFunnels. You know I can do it. You've seen my work. You've seen how good I am at doing them. And, you know, I think Russell would greatly benefit give me this chance, put me in touch. Come on. What do you think? She really believed in the project and I have to give her tons and tons of credit because she advocated for me. You know, she, I didn't know Russell at the time. She brought the project to Russell and basically explained what it would be and gave me cred, you know, and said, Hey, Billy's really good at this. And then also, um, it just kind of was one of those perfectly aligned things. It was kismet, if you will, because the first summit that I did for Russell was the 30 day summit, 30 days.com where I, I organized this project, the summit where we interviewed 30 of his two comma club award members about what they would do if they lost everything and had to restart their business in 30 days, trying to make some money in 30 days, starting from scratch and having nothing really but a click funnels account. That was the, the thing. And Russell at the time had already decided that he wanted to do this project, but he was thinking just a book. And so basically I came in and he kind of explained his idea to me. And I said, this would be perfect for a summit. Why don't we do a book and summit together and make this amazing project? And so he said, yeah, let's do it. And he put a lot of trust and faith in me to go ahead and take his project and turn it into something real. And um, I put in as much work as I possibly could on that project to impress him and knock it out of the park. And it has yielded significant returns. You know, he gave me an opportunity to speak at Funnel Hacking Live about summits. We did another summit, the Affiliate Bootcamp Summit together. People in the ClickFunnels community have recognized me as an info product expert. So it's really true what they say about, you know, connecting with people that are above you in business and letting them, you know, give you some opportunities. And those, and for those people out there who are, who are at Russell's level or my level or our level, reaching down and pulling other people up along with you to return the favor. Absolutely. And I definitely know that 30 days thing work because I've got the book sitting right here in front of me. So <laughs> nice job. The thing I love about what you said, it's just a reminder to everybody listening into you and to me as well. 
got to take chances. Mm. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Somebody says no. Ooh, no. Right, exactly. You know what how I- many you know how many times a no has turned into a yes? Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people say, I don't want to do this. And then later the same day, never mind. Let's go, let's go all the way in. Let's, you know, the little thing we're talking about, let's 10 exit. Let's do everything. Well, I mean, sometimes, you, you know, the seed has to be planted and the yep. questions have to be answered. And, you know, it's just a matter of figuring out how it might actually fit in with people's current plans. But, yep. you know, for the conference that when I first mentioned, you know, that I pitched the idea to Julie, that was in March, I think. We didn't end up working on the project until the summer. You know, it took months nice. and months. Yep. For that to kind of come together, it wasn't. It wasn't like you know the very next week. Oh, okay, let's do this. Yep. But like I really bring that point up because there's there's so many people, and I'm sure you talk to them as well. But I talk to, and it's not even just in business; it's in life. And they're like, "I wish I could do dot dot dot." And I'll just sit there and I'll say, well, "Why don't you? You're mm-hmm. not in prison. There's nothing <laughs> physically stopping you. What are you scared of? What's the if if the worst that can happen is you can die? Okay, I get it. You maybe you don't want to do it, but What's the worst that can possibly happen? It's you're going to end up where you already are. You're not going to go anywhere. So you're either going to stay the same or go up. Mm-hmm. So I just encourage everybody to take more chances for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, I, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's calculated risk, right? I think yep. the, oper- the things that you're talking about, you know, like, you know, pitching an idea to somebody or something. I mean, there's, bar- there's basically no risk at all because the worst they can say is no. But then those bigger life things, as we were kind of saying, you know, whenever there may be potential consequences, you know, consider them greatly, but take calculated risks. Absolutely. So I'm really curious to hear what you'll have to say about this, but to be successful as an entrepreneur, and this is kind of a broad question initially, but how important do you feel like it is to be passionate about what you do? Okay. I was just having this discussion with somebody else the other day because there's so many people that are kind of using that tagline, especially in the industry of infopreneurship, what I do about, you know, turning your passion into profit, right? Cause yep. everybody likes a good alliteration, myself include, included. Um, but the thing about it is that it's, it's so much more than that. You know, it's like, just because you decide that you are going to write books and do courses and start teaching about something that you're passionate about doesn't mean that you'll have a successful business. You have to learn how to do funnels and do marketing and do social media and do all this other stuff that's totally outside the realm of your passion. So I would say that it's, it's definitely important to be passionate about the thing that you're teaching because that is something that you're going to spend a lot of time producing content about and a lot of, you know, you're going to be talking about it all the time and you're going to be curating and building a community of people that are passionate about the same thing. So, I mean, that's definitely important, but the truth is that to succeed, you're going to have to do a lot of things that you are not passionate about. And in that case, it's not the passion that matters. It's the discipline, you know, it's the, well, do you, you know, do you want this badly enough that you're going to do the stuff that you don't even like because you want what the outcome is. And I think there's a lot of things in life that are like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So I, the way that I found or discovered Bailey, everybody is uh, she's mentioned it a little bit. She's been pretty modest about it, but she's a phenomenal writer and she posts regularly in, um, I think, several, maybe one, but at least one, if not both, of the ClickFunnels groups that I'm in on Facebook. Very, very good writer, like unnaturally good. Like that's not like she's practiced a lot. She probably has. There's, there's a lot of talent there as well. And I'm a big believer that everybody's, everybody should be creating content. There's a cliche phrase for you. Everybody says that, but it really does, it really does matter. It really does help. And a lot of companies, uh, small, you know, smaller companies and just you know, even single entrepreneurs as well, reject that idea. Ah, that's not really my business. They, they don't, they don't get it. What are your recommendations for people about creating content? Creating content is incredibly important because it serves a number of purposes. Now, 
for infopreneurs, most people obviously point to the fact that creating content allows you to display your expertise and, you know, actually help people get some early stage wins. You know, they find a blog post and you're able to help them accomplish a small goal or something. They find your content valuable, then they're going to want to go and invest in your paid products, right? Mm -hmm. But I think even beyond that, there, it, I think a lot of people don't realize that Content, in my opinion, is actually the first step of your sales funnel. You could call it a pre-step if you want or something like that. But essentially the idea is that if somebody creates a piece of content um, for their blog and then there's another person out there that is searching for something on Google, they find your blog and then when they get to your blog and then read that article, there's going to be links all over that blog post to your lead magnets and your freebies that lead people down your sales funnel. And so I was actually just... I was thinking about writing a post about this the other day about how a lot of people don't really understand that whenever they're planning out their own content. And so what ends up happening is that they just create this huge wide library of content on all of these different topics, which are not ultimately helping people get into your funnels. And so the way I normally describe it to my clients is, okay, you have an umbrella topic for your business. Mine is infopreneurship, right? It's all about info products and services. And then you have certain pillars that you teach on, right? So the entire concept of infopreneurship is huge. There's a million different topics. There's how to write copy and how to do funnels and how to do social media and how to do summits and eBooks and courses. And, and I could go on forever. But I don't have the bandwidth nor the expertise and nobody does to cover a million different topics. And so you end up choosing a couple of different pillars that you are really known for, right? So for me, it's ebooks and self-publishing, online courses, summits, funnels, click funnels. Those are, those are pretty much my pillars basically. And if you go to my blog, guess what? Those pillars though the ones that I just mentioned are literally my blog post categories. You don't find me writing any content about copy, social media, Pinterest, Twitter, anything like that. Partly, it's partly because of personal choice, right? Because I choose not to be perceived as an expert on those things right now. Who knows, maybe in the future as I need to grow my business and expand and launch new products, that gives me room to grow. But another thing is, there's no point because think about this. Like I don't have a Pinterest course, right? I don't teach on Pinterest. I use it in my own business, but I don't teach people about it. So if somebody is on Google and they're searching for, you know, how to use Pinterest to grow my business. Let's say I did have a blog post about that. Someone finds my blog post because I'm awesome at SEO. They come to my blog and they're specifically searching for a Pinterest solution. So they read my blog post and guess what? I don't have a Pinterest lead magnet or sales funnel or course. And so I don't have an appropriate thing to offer them on that blog post that they can then dive further into and then make a purchase. So I'm going to be advertising what sales funnel freebies or virtual summit freebies or something on that blog post, which is irrelevant to what the audience is searching for. So they're going to leave without making a purchase. And then they're not going to be happy because I didn't have anything that could serve them further or they do sign up for one of my things. They don't end up buying. And guess what? I'm curating an audience, which is not quite my ideal audience because they're looking for stuff that I don't offer. So I think that there is definitely one side of an argument, which is that, you know, having a wide base of content to a degree is helpful for establishing your knowledge and expertise and not every single piece of content that you put out there has to be for the purpose of driving someone down a funnel, but really most of it should be because otherwise, what is the point and why are you wasting your time creating articles that aren't leading anywhere? Mm -hmm. Very good explanation. I agree. I agree. And it, it's, 
it just blows my mind that obviously we both see value and you explained exactly why there's value to creating content. And there's some people that'll listen to this and still do nothing about it. Oh, but th here's the beautiful thing about content. You've got options. If you hate to write, there's video, or if you hate the camera, there's audio. So there's, there's different options, which is great. And like you said earlier, there's, there's many paths to success, even with content creation as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, one of the posts that I recently posted in the ClickFunnels Facebook group, I said, you know, if it doesn't work for you, it's not going to ever work for you. And basically what I meant was, you know, if there is, I was actually talking about it in the context of content creation. So we'll, we'll go with that. So basically, you know, if there's a method of content creation out there that doesn't work for you, meaning that you don't enjoy it, it's difficult for you to do, it doesn't fit your lifestyle, then it's not going to work for you, meaning that it's not going to generate returns, ROI. It's not ultimately going to produce results. So you need to go all in on doing the thing that works for you. But there is a caveat to that, which means that, which is that you need to, first of all, make sure that you're doing what it is that you do want to do the best that you can. You know, people will say, well, I don't really like doing video. I just want to write but then they don't actually invest any time in writing really good above par articles. You know, they just kind of, you know, go half in, which is not okay. And then the second thing is, if you are going to dedicate yourself to only one thing, like writing, for example, then you need to do it in a way that's actually going to generate those results. You know, if you're only writing on your blog every single day and you're not optimizing for SEO and the content is subpar, you're not going to see results from that. But if you're dedicating yourself every single day to writing really high quality content, not just for your blog and not just for your own social media channels, but you're taking it to the audiences that really need to hear it in other people's Facebook groups and things like that, then you will eventually find success doing the thing that you want, but, but you have to do it the right way. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So let me ask you this. Is there a right time for somebody to pursue their first info product? And I say that as kind of a general question, but you know, maybe somebody is listening to this and you know what? I don't have, any kind of online revenue now, but maybe I'm going to start with an info product. Is that a good idea or should they wait to a certain point or what do you think? Well, I think it totally depends on what they've already built. So if you're somebody, for example, that owns a successful software company, then you could totally absolutely go and, and leverage the, you know, um, leverage info products in, in order to help your audience better understand what it is that you do, those sorts of things. If you're an individual that is working in a nine to five that has absolutely done nothing for your business, then the first thing you would do is not create a product. You have a million steps that you need to take before that as far as defining your audience and building out your website and starting to produce that initial content and building up your email lists and all that sort of stuff. So I think info products are amazing, but it's unrealistic to expect that you can just create something tonight, put it out in the world tomorrow, and it's going to make you a million dollars if you're not perfectly positioned to do that. I mean, that's the, that's the same for any product, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've uh, I've tried that and failed before as well. So I uh, I, know I think we all have because that's kind of how we all get started, right? You know, yep. you get you get so excited because the product ideas are usually not the hardest things to come up with. You know, it really, really isn't. You know, because I think we're all swarming with all these different ideas. So I want to write a book about that, and I want to launch a course about this, and I would do a membership site about that, and really what we need to be doing is actually spending a lot more time investing in the marketing and the scaling of the products we already have, and, or just focusing in on one or two main things rather than creating 20 different books and courses about all sorts of stuff. Yep. Absolutely. So Bailey, I'm curious, what does the rest of uh, 2019 look like for you? Well, I have a new program that's going to be launching at the end of uh, the fall, uh, end of third quarter into the fall, uh, which is called Bankable Coach Bootcamp, which is going to be a program that's all about the money side of coaching, teaching people that 
are coaching or want to be coaches, what not about how to coach, everybody has their own style for that, but about the money side of it, how much, how do you figure out how much do you charge? Where does this fit in your value ladder? How do you package things appropriately? All that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to the launch of that. Uh, some new, some content that's already in my courses is going to be revamped which is um, exciting. So I'll be getting prepared to do um, some kind of like refreshes of my current programs. And then I'm also going to Australia and New Zealand for a couple of months at the beginning of 2020. And so in the fall coming up here, the next couple of months uh, in 2019, I'm going to be organizing and planning some meetups, a little tour, if you will, around some of the cities that I'm going to be going to while I'm abroad so I can meet some of my international audience members. Wow. That's pretty exciting. Very yeah, nice. Very nice. So if anybody listening is uh, interested in contacting you or maybe even taking advantage of your free resources, how can the best do so? Thanks for asking. The best place would be at my website, baileyrichert.com. That's where you'll find my blog, links to all of my freebies, links to all of my courses. You can apply for my coaching and there's a contact page on there as well where you can send me a message. But if people would prefer to contact me directly via email, they can reach out at contact at baileyrichert.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, Bailey, I appreciate you coming on today and really enjoyed having you. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. We are back to the show. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Good stuff in there. Very good stuff. Bailey, I know you're listening. Thank you again for your time, your participation and cooperation. Awesome. Um, all right, everybody. I have something cool to share with you. It's been a while, but the team at Intentionally Inspirational has finally released the latest edition of Intentional. Intentional is our digital magazine where we put the spotlight on other entrepreneurs who fit that description. If you guys want to check that out, it is at www.intentionalquarterly.com. And again, we talk about intentional entrepreneurs, some sales funnels, and some motivation as well. So unlike the previous editions, uh, if you do want it, you have to enter a real email address because we will send that to you right away. You cannot download it on the thank you page, so don't waste my time with fake email addresses. But it is definitely worth your effort. It's good stuff. All right, as always, if you guys want to check out the show notes for this episode and get Bailey's contact info, um, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 173, and that will live there forever. As always, we appreciate your time, your ear, and your attention. Hope you walk out of this podcast with some fire, some motivation to make your business great. See you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.